KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. Shiurim for this month, month of Shvat, are being broadcast. The Ilui Nishmat Harav Avraham Yitzchak Ben Chaim Yehuda and Chonor Reuven Ben Moshe Chaim. Today's Shir is dedicated. The Schut of the Shir should be for the Refuah Shlema of Dvora Idol. But Miriam Bacha, Srota Torah, Srota Fatsata Torah, Tamodla, Fuashlema, Fuata Nefesh, Fuata Guf, Hashta Ba'adala, Wizman Kariv. This is Ezra Beck. Today we're starting a new series of Sheurim. Uh, for the next 12 weeks, what we'll be doing is examining different uh, Medrashim in the Medrash Rabba, Bereshit Rabba. To Parshat Bereshit, uh, specifically, which is what most of the Medrashim in Parshat Bereshit are about, uh, is a philosophic Medrashim rather than story Medrashim. Uh, we'll be taking a different Medrash each week, understanding what it says, and then trying to understand what it what it means, what it really what it really says. And uh, without any more ado, we'll begin with the first uh, Medrash that I'm choosing that I'm that I'm choosing. Yeah, there's no particular order, and no particular uh, structure to the 12 shirim that we'll be giving between now and Pesach. Uh, but I'm always going according to the order of the, uh, the Medrash Rabbah. There are different points that are being made. Today, I wish to read a Medrash that appears in Parsha Aleph. Od Gimel is the very, very beginning of the book. It's the third Medrash in the book. Concerning the creation of angels. Medrash says as follows. When were the angels created? We know there's six days of creation. And the Torah lists on each day what was created on that day. And it includes everything. Some things aren't mentioned. Nothing normal, nothing natural is not mentioned or referred to. But there are other things, such as, for instance here, Malachim, angels. The Torah is full of angels. Angels exist. Where do we fit them into the scheme of creation? Two answers are given by the Midrash. Rabbi Yochanan Amar Bebet Nivru HaMalachim. Angels created on day number two. Hadao Dichtiv, Pasuk in Tehillim, chapter 104. Hamakare Bamayim Aliyotav. Dichtiv Oseh. Malachav Ruchot. Two adjacent psukim. Hamakareh Bamayim Aliyotav. He roofs. He puts a roof out of water over his upper stories. In other words, Buzzak is referring to the what took place in the second day. The separation of the waters between the lower waters and the upper waters and the Rakia which separates them. There was a passage indicates that there is a that there is water in the sky, which the Major says is what this Pasuk in Tilim refers to, aliyotav. He roofs his upper quarters with water. And the next Pasuk says, Osem ruchot. So Yochan says Malachim were created on day number two. Rabbi Khanina Amar Behei Nivru Malachim. Malachim were created on day number five. On the fifth day, the Yom HaChamishi, 
What took place on the fifth day? Hadahu dichtiv, as it's said explicitly in the Pasuk in Bereshit. Ve'of ye'ofef al ha'aretz. Pasuk says that on the fifth day, the birds, what was created on the fifth day was created fish and birds. But the birds, it says, ve'of ye'ofef al ha'aretz. And the flying things shall fly over the land. Ve'chtiv u'b'shtayim ye'ofef. Pasuk Yishayu says that angels fly. Ve'ofefim. Okay, I stopped my reading of the Medrash. We'll come back. There's one more comment that'll be made. Let's refer to this Machloket. What's the difference between being created on the second day and being created on the fifth day? Well, let's start from the end. If Rabbi Chanina says angels were created on the fifth day because the Pasuk says, and the flying things, the birds, will fly over the land, that includes angels what he's basically saying, and it's really breathtaking in its significance, is that a- angels are kinds of birds. In terms of, after all, what, what is the Pasuk detailing? Yom HaChamishi Yom It's talking about species, about large categories, classifications of living things. Living things were created on the fifth day and the sixth day. So the Pasuk describes fish, birds, and on the sixth day, land animals, and men. Rabbi Hanina says, so the angels belong to one of those categories. Which one? The category of birds. We tend to think of angels as being somehow belonging to, to, to the heavenly orders, to God, spiritual beings, very, very, totally separated from the natural world. If you get a little bit carried away, the, the important gvul, the important border here is how close are angels to being even part of God? After all, just to mention a, an important point which undoubtedly lies be, behind this Midrash and lies behind a great deal of discussion in Rishonim of different parashat in the Torah, specifically the Ramban, who says that it's a error, but a common error for people to worship angels. Ramban says that that is what idolaters do. They've confused God and the angels. And the reason for the confusion, I'm saying it's an error, but a common and even a logical error, is because angels are spiritual powers. But Rav Hanina says, basically, angels belong to the the class of, of birds. I suppose they're more intelligent than the average pigeon. They might have certain powers that eagles don't have. But basically, in terms of God creates categories, all the birds should exist, one of them will be angels. Obviously, this is, how should I put it, this is an anti-angel medrash. In other words, it's anti the significance. How much significance can one put on, let's say, meeting an angel reading about an angel, having angels, if angels are merely extremely intelligent or maybe extremely powerful versions of of sparrows. What he's trying to say is, Pashat Bereshit describes God and the world. Angels belong very much to the world. And in fact, they belong to the animal world. Specifically, they belong to the world of of flying things, the worlds of, of birds.
Before we continue to examine the significance of that statement, let's compare that to Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says they were created on the second day. What was created on the second day? What was created on the second day were the heavens. God said, Yehir kiyah And the summation is that God called that Rakia Shamayim. God made a division between the upper waters and the lower waters and he called that division the heavens. Therefore, Malachim were created on the second day. So he has this two psukim and tehillim that we read before that indicate the connection between those two things. God made the upper quarters out of water and he made Malachim. But the logical, the logical inclusion of angels on the second day is because angels belong to the heavens and everything about the heavens was done on the second day. So the difference between Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Hanina is it's a machloket about angels. Maybe we're not so interested in angels. If there was a machloket about the nature of man and we will get to a lot of Medrashim about that, that would really concern us. I'm not sure how excited you are yet by a controversy among the Amoraim as to the nature of angels. So stay with me a little while. I'll try to increase the significance of this medrash. But what the machloket is, what the controversy is, is are angels part of the natural sublunar, the earthly world? That's where they basically belong despite anything else you read about them. They can fly high, but they basically belong to this world. And let me say another point. What do birds do? They fly. But where do they fly? The Pasuk that Rav Hanina quoted to include angels in the category of birds. They both ma'ofef. They both fly. But the Pasuk says, Va'opi ofef al ha'aretz. Birds fly over the land. As high as they fly, it's in relationship to the earth. They live in this world. They can get a little bit higher than the ground level. And angels are also Ye'ofeif. It doesn't say there Ye'ofeif al ha'aretz. The Pasuk in Yeshayahu that he quotes for angels, Ubushtayim Ye'ofeif. Angels have six wings, two of which are used to fly. But because of that, he includes angels in the Pasuk, Ye'ofeif al ha'aretz. Angels belong to the ground. Just as other birds belong to the ground. Rabbi Yochanan says, angels belong to the heavens. There's a lower quarter and an upper quarter. Mekareb ha'mayim aliyotav. An aliyah, today would say an aliyah is called an attic. The aliyah means the second story. There's a first story and a second story. There are other medrashim in, in Bereshit where specifically that simile is used. The earth is the lower story and the heavens are the upper story. I'll just give one example. A medrash that appears somewhat later on the Pasuk, et ha-shamayim et ha-aretz. Parsha Aleph, Ot Tedvav, the 15th Medrash in the first parak of Vashit Rabbah, Machoket Bechamim Betilel, as to the order of heavens and earth. We won't read the Medrash, the whole Medrash now and understand it, but merely the simile that's used. Betilel says that the earth was created first and the heavens later on. Why? Mashal, it's a simile. Lemelech, a king who built a palace. First he builds the lower story, then he builds the upper story. Therefore God first made the earth and then made the heavens. It's a common, a common comparison between 
lower story and upper story. So the Pasuk says, the upper story is made out of water. That's the second day. Therefore the angels were created on the second day. Rav Yochanan says angels belong to the upper world. And Rav Chanina says angels belong to the lower world. Superior, special, but nonetheless, merely a different kind, a, a, a particular kind of animal life. So we have a basic, uh, I think, disagreement as to whether you view angels as spiritual beings belonging to a special, superior, transcendent world who perhaps come to visit us occasionally, or whether they basically denizens of this world. The question isn't where angels live, but, but how one should relate to them. Is the appearance of an angel some sort of a hitgalut some sort of a, 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 a uh, appearance of a transcendent being? Or, look, there are a lot of unusual things in the world. So, you met an angel, it's very impressive. He might perhaps bear a message from God, which is surely impressive. But the actual seeing of the angel himself, the actual spiritual uh, experience, is not a spiritual experience at all. It's a zoological experience. Obviously, Rav Hanina is coming to get us not to give so much significance to angelology in general. And what he's trying to say is that a spiritual relationship is one with God and with nothing else. So Rabbi Yochan says that they are, in fact, spiritual beings. God has two worlds, a lower world and an upper world. We live in the lower world and angels from a different world. To this, the Medrash then adds the following statement, an important statement, which I think is the main point here and I hadn't read yet. Rabbi Lulina bar Tavari and Amar Mishom Rabbi Yitzhak. Whether you think like Rav Chanina, whether you think like Rav Yochanan, let me point something out. According to both of them, Hakol Modim Shelo Nivra Biyom Rishon Klum. Even Rav Yochanan only said they were created on the second day, but on the first day, nothing was created, other than of course light. Shelo Yomru, so that no one should say. Michael Hayamotech Bidderomoshakia that the Archangel Michael was holding one edge of the heavens. The Gavriel Bitzfono and the Archangel Gabriel was holding the other end. And God was measuring or stretching out the middle. Ella? That's not what took place. That's not how the heavens were created. How were the heavens created? Anochi Hashem Ose Kol. Noteh Shamayim Livadi. I am God who has done all. I stretched out the heavens by myself. Nobody was my partner in the creation of the world. In other words, Rabbi Ludina says, even according to Rabbi Yochanan, who grants spiritual status to certain kinds of beings whom we call angels. There is more to the spiritual universe than merely, on the one hand, created man, on the other hand, God. But even he is very, very careful to say that, in the end, there's only God. God alone created the world with no help from angels. In other words, technically speaking, angels are not primordial beings. 
they were created. And what's more, to make the point clear, they weren't created on the first day. Now, there's one, they're created beings. They're not gods. Demigods, semigods. They're created beings. And two, to make it even clearer, they're not even the first created beings. They're created on the second day when God got down to the actual work. So when He made the heavens, He put angels there. The point being, as Rebbe says explicitly, they did not assist God in creation. And we all know that angels assist God. I mean, God wants to say something to Abraham Avinu or to Hagar or to Yaakov Avinu and to other people. So he sends in angels. Angels work for God. But they work for God within the world. Frankly, I also work for God. Worms and ants also work for God. They weren't working for God in creation. They were working for God within creation. They didn't help God create and of course, the point being that, therefore, even according to Rabbi Yochanan, when you get down to it, if you meet an angel, there is a radical, not a relative, but a radical difference between meeting an angel and having a relationship with God. Even according to Rabbi Yochanan, angels are, uh, they're water. <laughs> they're, they're, they're connected to something that took place with water. Water is very basic, much more basic than birds. But it's still basic within the order we call this world, and not, and not anything else. Okay, so that's today's, that's today's Midrash. What is the significance of this, of this, uh, of, of this Midrash? As I mentioned, the Ramban, in a number of places, in the Perush al-Torah, states his belief that there are spiritual beings, spiritual forces, he says that the world is run by sarim, by princes, angelic princes. That's a particular uh, idea that the Ramban himself develops. I, I wouldn't say it's universal in Judaism. Um, but that's, I, I'm using the Ramban only as an example, as an extreme example. He says there are such powers, but they're only angels. And umota olam, non-Jews, let's say primitive non-Jews, or in any event, the Jews who Chazal were talking about, made the mistake of viewing them as being gods. And therefore you have national gods. That's when the ancient world, there was a god of Egypt, and a god of Ammon, and a god of Moab, and a god of Tzor. Because they really were such spiritual beings, and the mistake was made to worship them. Now it's a mistake. It's avtazava. It's idolatry, and idolatry is forbidden to non-Jews as well. So, on the one hand, the Ramban says there are very, very, very powerful spiritual beings. They actually control the world. But nonetheless, the Ramban says, how many psukim in the Torah are dedicated to saying you should not worship them? They may be spiritual beings but you have to have no relationship with him. Specifically, if we're really doing the Ramban, the Ramban says, well, they really have power and dominion over, non-Jew, over the non-Jewish world, but in any event, not only is it a mistake to worship them, but for Jews, it's also a falsehood. 
because there is no Sar, there is no angel who has dominion over the Jewish people and over Eretz Yisrael. That is Nachalat Hashem Levador. Their God rules directly. So I'm calling Rabban as an extreme example. Rabban is somebody who grants more, more or less like Rav Yochanan. Rabban is closer to Rav Yochanan. Yeah, the angels are really special. They're up in the heavens. And what's more, they actually control the earth. But nonetheless, Rabban says, the whole Torah is obviously based on the fact that it says, don't worship Avodah Zarah. By calling angels, by identifying the angels with Avodah Zarah, on the one hand, Ramban gives amazing power to angels. On the other hand, he basically says that they're identical with the false gods attacked ad infinitum in the Torah and in the Vim. So they may be very powerful, but if you view that power as something spiritually valuable, something to which we should relate and, 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 and somehow introduce it into our religion, then you're being obeyed about a zara. You're doing a form of idolatry. And in fact, all idolatry consists of that. Furthermore, says the Ramban, it's really a waste of time because it doesn't apply to Jews at all. And that's the Ramban who I said would have the opinion that is closest to Rabbi Yochanan. Comes along with Hanina and says, what are you talking about? They're not even spiritual beings. They're merely animals. Perhaps a very powerful animal. Do you have a spiritual or a worshipping relationship with an elephant? Also a very powerful animal. So they're even more powerful. Maybe. I don't know. But a relationship with an angel is a relationship within the bounds of this world. You haven't even begun to transcend the earth. You're al ha'aretz. You haven't even gotten close to the Shemaim. And although I think probably uh, most of us don't normally think of angels as being uh, objects of worship or objects for a, having a spiritual relationship with them. But nonetheless, the point here really is a, an extremely important point. Because there is a tendency, amazingly enough, one which Ramban would call Vodazara, to expand, to expand the nature of religious experience. Because perhaps, I'm now speculating, perhaps because God, he, he does come across as being so distant. He's Melech Machayam Lachim, the king of, the, of everything. So there's a tendency in world history, and I think also among ourselves, to somehow look for something closer. So if it's a falsehood, if it doesn't exist, if there's nothing there between, between the concrete building and God, there is no intermediary, All right, so then it's just a falsehood. And that would be the pure, uh, I guess, Rambam kind of a philosophy. Man is the closest thing there is to God, everything else is lower. But there's no question that that, that Chazal and, and Psukim seem to indicate that, yeah, there are other forces in the world. We call them angels. Those are the ones which are explicit in the Psukim. People and their experiences, spiritual experiences, mystical experiences, you have sometimes a, a meeting, you have an experience of some sort of power. Personally, I think the ultimate experience of that sort is when a person meets himself. You feel the stirrings of a power deep within yourselves. And, and people get very excited about that. It's a spiritual experience. They dream about talking to angels or having voices or 
the the forces which lead to Vodazara really do still exist. And here what Chazal is saying is we believe in angels. Chazal are not these super strict rationalists. We believe in angels. You just have to know where to put them. And so there are, on one hand, two different opinions here, and I think the difference is significant as to whether angels are forms of birds or angels are denizens of the heaven, inhabitants of an upper world. That's a big difference. But Rav Lulin Amiti says, don't get carried away. Even according to Rav Yochanan, you should know that God is God. And the world was created by God by Himself. That's the important boundary. One hand, God to the world. In the world, there are two levels. According to Rabbi Yochanan, there's heaven and earth, and the angels are in the heavens. So meeting an angel is meeting perhaps a superior, a kind of superior being. Having an experience, it's possible to experience something above you. Yes. But don't get carried away. That above you is still below the boundary of God on one hand, and the world, the whole world on its other hand. And if I, if I could expand it a little bit, looking at the second day, which is the crucial point of Yochanan, that's what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says, first there's a world, and then there's a Vakia. It's not that there's, God made an upper world, and then one that said, I'm going to make a, a, a lower world. God said, let me make a world. The division between upper world and lower world is internal. There was water everywhere, and then God separated the waters between Maim Elyonim and Maim Atachtonim, upper and lower waters. But it's not that divorce, the basic, the important category distinction isn't between the heavens and the earth, it's between God and the world. On the second day, but there was a first day, and the first day there was no upper world and lower world, there was just world and light. This whole distinction is secondary because it's on the second, it's on the second day. Kol Shekein ben Menosha, Kol Shekein, of course. Rav Chinin doesn't trust, apparently, us. Rav Chinin says, okay, but you tell people that there's an upward and a lower world, so they're going to begin also get these stirrings and they're going to have mystical experiences and they're going to go to the, the mountains, they're going to go to the caves and they're going to meet all sorts of, I don't know what, beings. Let's tell them what I think you should tell them. There was a first day, a second day, a third day, a fourth day. One day God made carp. He made octopi. He made little sparrows and great eagles. And on that day He also made angels. How excited can a person get? Psychological error, according to Rav is presumably eliminated. Rav says, Rav Yochanan agrees. One could perhaps learn things from God's messengers. And God has messengers. But they're all within the world. The Rambam states in the Mount of Uchim that the word malach, the word angel, means a lot of things. It means angelic beings. Right? Gavriel and Michael, as described in this Midrash. But it also means the forces of nature. The laws of nature are called malach, says the Rambam. It could also mean a person who was sent by God to do something. And God sent an angel and took us out of Egypt. The Rambam says that means Moshe Rabbeinu. 
In fact, it means anything that's in the service of God, which in the end could be exactly that, anything. The word malach, in fact, means messenger. That's what the word actually means. Messengers of God are angels. Messengers of God are also the branch that broke in front of my house this morning and hit me on the head when I walked out of the house. Which reminded me that I should do tshuva and stop being a lazy, recalcitrant uh, uh, servant of God. So what the Rama is really saying on a linguistic basis is the word malach can mean any form of messenger, most of which are the world. Laws of nature. Whatever God uses to run the world. Special messengers. Nevi'im, prophets. Shluchim, God's sent messengers to do A, B, or C, such as Moshe Rabbeinu. Or these other kind of spiritual beings who are described in Yechezkel and Yeshayahu as having wings and being invisible, who occasionally call out to man and speak to man because God has sent them. Okay, but in the end, what's the significance of them? They're messengers. And you can also be a messenger sometimes. And so can, and so is the law of gravity messenger. And so are eagles sometimes. The ravens which God sent to feed Eliyahu when he was living in Nachakrit were malachim in that, in that sense. The Ramam has done what this Medrash does in a different way. Instead of putting the angels into the category of birds, in terms of creation, in terms of what's their natural status, or in the category of upper waters. He's saying not what's their natural status, but what's their purpose. And he puts them in the category of almost everything else. Anything that God sends. God picks you, picks you, picks you, but your significance is your name. You're called a malach, not because you're special. You're called a malach because you've been sent. And anything, in fact, can be, can be sent. Basically, what we have here is this whole medrash is a a propaganda and antithesis to a belief in the spiritual world which has significance. Of course, Chazal thought there's a spiritual world. In terms, technically speaking, there's physical and there's non-physical. Yes, there are non-physical beings. That Chazal really believed, as the Torah testifies. But the point is, non-physical beings, that's, that's a technicality. Today, where we speak of spiritual, we mean, we mean godly. The word has changed. When Chazal speak of spiritual... They mean ruach. They mean uh, something which isn't as solid as a table. Human souls are also spiritual. They're not physical. But when you speak about superhuman significance, something to which man should have a special reverence to, something from which man gets meaning, there what Chazal is saying, there is only one. And you have to not get distracted by intermediaries because they don't have spiritual meaning. There there is God the Creator who has done everything. Livadi by myself, and everything else is basically on your side. There are people who are smarter than you and you can learn from them. There are angels who, I don't know, maybe you can learn from them. There are all kinds of experiences. But they're all part of your world. And Religion, Yiddishkeit, Avodat Hashem, consists of our relationship with a different world. A world that's above our world. In that world, Ein Od Milvado. There is nothing else by God, and on Him you have to concentrate. That's our 
Midrash for today. We will continue every week with a different Midrash in Parshat Barishet, discussing different aspects of creation and the significance of creation. This has been Ezra Vick, and this has been KMTT, and I'll see you next week.